Uh, the title of this message today is Forsaken, Forsaken. Have you ever asked the question, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I mean, maybe you're very strong and have the faith. But have you ever asked the question or thought about, has God forsaken me? Has God given up on me? Has God left me to myself? Well, I think, you know, life can be tough at times, and often those thoughts maybe can cross our mind. I know I've mentioned this to Teresa, and I'll just be honest here with you. I said one time that I felt like, I don't know, I just felt like the Spirit had, had abandoned. I mean, like I didn't, wasn't connected to the Spirit of God like I should be. And often these things are feelings, and we need to check our emotions. You know, I, I feel, okay, I can say, I can feel, all right, I feel like the Spirit of God has abandoned me. You know, you need to know that is an emotion that you're feeling. And often those emotions don't have any validity. I mean, they don't, you can't really back them up. I mean, in, in my own life, if I look at, for such, such as preparing sermons, been doing that over 20 years, and I used to save my sermons on paper. I don't anymore, but, you know, I, I, it, I would have a stack that reaches to the ceiling. I mean, several stacks. I just save them in my computer now. But in giving sermons, for a fact, I know, even though it comes down to the last moment, the last hours of preparation, God has never let me down. I've always been able to come up with something, and so I've got 20 years of knowing God has never let me down in that area. Now, you would think we would look at that and say, okay, I think God's on my side. Uh, <laughs> you think we would learn from that, but, but still. So that's what I mean. Uh, uh, for what, I, what I realize is this emotion that I was feeling was a lie. It wasn't true. And so you need to realize that when you feel a certain way. God has forsaken me. God has abandoned me. I, I've lost contact with the Holy Spirit, whatever. Now, the word forsaken, forsake, is found about 57 times in the Bible. So I looked it up. The first place that it's mentioned is Deuteronomy 4 and verse 31. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 31. <clears throat> and it says this, For the Lord thy God is merciful, is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy you nor forget the covenant of thy father which he swore unto them. Now that's encouraging. It's also encouraging as we look at society as a whole. When I look at our society, it's like I don't have a lot of faith in our society in the direction that, that it's going. When I look at some of the buffoons in Congress and I think, how did they get there? Who, who is placing these people in Congress? When I look at leadership, in our country. I think, man, I just don't have a lot of faith in the direction that our country is going. But this verse tells us that regardless of how bad it gets, God will keep his promise. And that promise is, he's a merciful God. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to forsake America or the world or anything. He's not going to destroy us. He's not going to forget the covenant that he set out to do from the get-go. He's going to fulfill that. He's going to do it eventually. Uh, God will keep his promise. Is there, you know, I once heard a, a, a great message. It was a message of a way out. Is there a message of a way out for America? Well, can there be revival in America? You know, as, as, as impossible as that sounds, it is possible. 
for there to, and, and if I ask the question, do we need a spiritual awakening? Do we need revival? Boy, do we ever. I mean we need it badly. So yeah, it can happen. It's possible. So I got to thinking about why we sometimes feel forsaken. I'm going to go through a list of different reasons. Number one, sins and mistakes that we made. We all have them. We all have our past that we, you know, it's like, you know, dragging the chain. I told a story about that one time. I was driving down the road and I saw a dog. It went right in front of me and it was dragging his chain, about 20 feet of chain. And he, you know, he had escaped from his doghouse, but he was still dragging his chain. And uh, we have something that often we're dragging along behind us. And it can be our mistakes, our sins that we are familiar with, so familiar with. And yet, in Psalms 89 and verse 30, I want to read this. Psalms 89 and verse 30, and I'm going to read through 34. It says this, it says this, if his children forsake my law. Now notice this. If God's children forsake his law and walk, walk not in my judgment, if they break my statutes, and keep not my commandments. Then I will visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. That's Psalms 89 verse 30, 32. So yeah, God will correct when we fall short. God will give us correction. But, verse 33, Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that has gone out of my lips. God will keep his promise. Yeah, there may be correction when we fall short, but God will not forsake you. Another reason we sometimes feel forsaken <clears throat> is the, the bottom line is this. We are burned out. We're just burned out. Um, you need to take a break from time to time. I once heard a message by Charles Stanley Love the message. It was entitled, Rekindling the Fires of the Ministry. One of the things he recommended is take a sabbatical. Take some time off. I think sometimes we are just so burned out that we're burned up and we feel forsaken. We don't know where to go, which way to turn. We feel like God's Spirit has abandoned me. God's Spirit has left me. So if, if you fit into that category, realize that you are the only one that can do what's best for you. That's a hard lesson to learn, you know, because you're the only one that knows you probably better than anyone else besides God. God knows you better, but often we are the only one that can do for us what is best for us. No one's going to come along, at least for me, and say, David, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years working seven days a week, preaching every Sabbath. You ought to take a break. No one really is going to come along and tell you that. You've got to know, and I've talked to this, uh, about, to my sister about this a bunch of times, Angela, and, and, you know, it's like I keep telling her about it, but I never do it. I, I, you know, I really need to take a break. I need to take some time off and, and as a regular routine, but I, I don't do it. So that's what I mean by you've got to know what's best for you. And really a tough decision is doing it. You can know it in your head. You can go through years and never get around to doing it. 
And it's really, once you do it, you're going to feel a sense of a ton of weight off your back just by making that decision to do it. Okay, forsaken. We're burned out. Forsaken. Why do we feel it? Unanswered prayer. Boy, is that one a reality. You know, it's unanswered prayer from our view. I've prayed for this. I've asked for this. And it doesn't seem... God, I don't know. Is he not listening? Are my prayers going up and hitting the ceiling and bouncing off? And we interpret that as forsaken. God has forsaken me. He's forsaken my calls. He's forsaken my prayer. He's not answering my prayers. I'm not getting anywhere with this. Unanswered prayers. You know, long journey of, of I'm not getting this. God doesn't answer this. Can lead you to feel like you're, you've been forsaken by God. Another thing that uh, forsaken, uh, God's timing. God's timing is often not in tune with our timing. You know, our timing is on it right now. Uh, let's get this done right now. And uh, God's timing, you know, I, I told the story a bunch of times. I'm not going to bore you with it, but how that in the seventh grade, someone beat me up or a couple of guys beat me up or something like that. And, and they were jealous of me. Well, I did fight back, so I shouldn't say they didn't. Uh, they beat me up. Okay. But uh, they were jealous. At, at, at that age, I didn't understand the dynamics of jealousy, why anyone would be jealous. And so it took years to figure that defining moment out for me, why someone might feel, be jealous of you as a human being. And uh, so our timing, if I look at, you mean to tell me it took 20 years for me to get this, to figure this one out in my life? You mean I was, over, I was you know, 30, 40 years old until I figured this one out? Well, yeah, because when you're young, you're not going to figure this stuff out. You don't know why people are doing the crazy stuff that, that they're doing to you. You don't understand the dynamics of human nature, of ego, of vanity, of, of pride, of, of jealousy. You, you don't even understand it in yourself, so it takes some time. So God's timing, we just think God is too slow. And we think, oops, he's forsaken me. <laughs> Another thing about forsaken we feel is what I call reality and all its ugliness. Getting old, you know, you can start to feel like you've been forsaken because you're getting old. You know, <laughs> you know my mother told a story. I think it was on, my, on Greg there, my brother. I think it was him. You can correct me later if I'm wrong, but, but you were looking. Uh, my mother tells a story about looking at an old man, and his hands were wrinkled, and his face was wrinkled. And my, he was looking at this old guy, and he was just like, it was grandma. Grandma? My, my grandmother. Okay. Okay. And like Greg said, well, why? What is wrong with this person? And my mother said, well, he's old. He said, we all get old, you know. And he broke down and started crying and said, I don't want to get old. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking, if that had that effect on a little boy, imagine what it does to us when we realize reality and all its ugliness, that this is happening to me. And we can feel like, oh boy, has God forsaken me? What, you know, what value, what contribution can I possibly make now that I'm old? And I know that for me, the lesson I've had to learn is because I'm a driven person, often my value in God's eyes is found in what I can do for him. Now, that's not a correct way to look at it, but often my value can be, okay, God, what can I do for you? And it's not about what 
I think God comes back and says, look, it's not about what you can do for me, but what I can do for you. Can we relax, kick back, and receive good things from God just because, just because God is good? It's going to be tough. It really can. You know, I, I'm not, it's not an issue of me deserving this. I haven't earned this. I'm just receiving God's blessing. And I'm not, because God is good. That's tough for me to do. It really is. Psalms 71 and verse 9 says, Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Good, you know, encouraging words there. Don't, don't cast me off. You have a purpose. You have a contribution. And uh, one is your wisdom, you know, just wisdom, uh, knowing how to, you've been through life, you know. <laughs> and then when people have all this wisdom, we put them into retirement, you know. <laughs> you can retire now. You're an incredible benefit to the company, but now we're going to discard you. <laughs> And we're going to hire a young guy that doesn't know anything about the company. <laughs> Another reason we can feel forsaken is how we view ourselves and others. I want to talk about this a little bit. How we view ourselves and others can lead us to feeling forsaken. Let me explain it. Numbers 13 verse 33 says this, And there, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now what that tells me is this, how, you, how we see ourselves will be how other people see you. If you see yourself as a wimp of a grasshopper, people will look at you as a wimp of a grasshopper. I mean, that's how, how we see ourselves is how other people will see you. And it's the powerful dynamics there, a powerful concept, if, if we can just understand it. How important is it to see ourselves in the right light? How important is it to see ourselves as God sees us? You know, God does not see you as a loser. He sees you as a winner, as a child of God. Now, I've been listening to Les Brown, a motivational speaker. He said this. I, I, this is powerful. He said, look at a man the way he is, the way he is, and he will only become worse. Look at a man as to what he could be, then he will become what he should be. Now, what causes us to feel forsaken and to feel God has forsaken us, to feel God has forsaken the whole world, is we're looking at the world as it is right now. And when you do that, if you start looking at the world the way it is, it's going to get worse. I mean, it's going to be in your mind, you're going to say, well, that's so bad, I'm going to just throw up my hands and leave. Beam me up, Scotty. You know, there's no intelligent life around here. Yeah, when, when, <laughs> when uh, we're looking at the world the way it is, now it's going to look worse. But if you look at the world as to what it could be, and I'm really talking about the kingdom of God on this earth, then the world will become what it should be. Now let's talk about how we see ourselves. You look at a man the way he is, he only becomes worse. The way you are right now, you start focusing on that. You start obsessing on the way, I, the way things are going right now, health-wise, financially, lack of faith, my situation, my hopelessness, my meaningless life, 
And it's going to get worse. I mean, it, it, if you start focusing on the way it is right now, it, it, I can guarantee you it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to get worse. But if you look at yourself the way you could be, then you will become what you should be. That's really an issue of faith, is it not? God never looks at you the way you are now. God does not look at us stuck in a situation. You know, I know we think we're stuck in a situation, but God, God never gets stuck in, a, in your situation. He never does. God always looks at you as the way you could be, and that is great news. All right, how you look at others is also important. All right, look at a man the way he is, he only becomes worse. And so we look at other people and we say, man, that guy's a loser, and he will always be a loser. You know, I was talking to a guy, and, and he has marriage situation difficulties and, and probably on the brink of divorce. As many years I was talking to him, he said, you know, I, I, for a big, big part of my life, I've been a man whore. He told me that. A man whore. And I, you know, and it's easy when someone tells you that just to say, yeah, and you probably always will be. <laughs> but that's, you know, again, look at a man as the way he is, the way he is, it only becomes worse. He's worthless. You haven't changed a bit. And you probably never will. You know, it gets worse. But if you look at a man as to what he could be, then he will become what he should be. Now, I have to admit, I don't have a lot of faith in people. You know, I'm sort of, I relate to that scripture. You know, Jesus looked at man and, and he, 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 wasn't in, you know, he wasn't enthralled with mankind because he knew what was in man. I forget how that's worded, but he just wasn't that impressed. Because he knew what was in all men. You know, I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in people, I guess. I sort of look at it and say, I wonder why God didn't forsake us all, you know. <laughs> but that's not the nature of God, is it? God came into our lives at our lowest moments. When we were the lowest. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So how do we look at other people? The way they are or the way they could be? Pity. Let's pity the ignorant sinner. You know, it's easy to say that, but let's pity them because they're on a self-destructive behavior. Love the sinner. Help the sinner. Now what about us? The call of God. Because that, that does bring you into a different category, the call of God. Not, God's not calling everybody right now. He is calling a first fruit, I believe. And if you claim to be a part of the first fruits, how does God look at you? What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? How we should look at ourselves. You know, I like this little story in Joshua 1 and verse 5 about Joshua. Joshua 1 verse 5. I'm just going to read this. And it's like a promise from God. God, God says, now look at this, Joshua. There, there shall not be any man to be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake you. Do we wake up every morning with that kind of promise? beating within our hearts. I will be with you. 
as I was with Moses. I will not fail thee, and I'm not going to forsake, forsake you. Do we believe God is with us? God will not fail you. God will not forsake you. It's what I call the benefits to being, what are the benefits to, be, to, be, to being the called of God? Well, the benefit is that God is on your side. That's the benefit. Now, you don't have to turn there, but there's a story about Jesus, his last moment on the stake, the cross. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I don't know the dynamics. I've heard it explained all kinds of different dy dynamics as to what was going on there. But what I do know about this verse is this. Jesus had to experience this emotion. Else he wouldn't have said this. Why, God, Father, have you forsaken me? You know, it's one thing to be forsaken by friends. I could probably could handle that okay, really. You know, it's like, you know, the movie Angels in the Outfield. Two little boys, you know, and he tells them, he says, well, he tells Danny Glover, he says, well, he doesn't like strangers. That little, he's real quiet. He doesn't like strangers. And Danny Glover says, well, he said, I don't even like my friends. You know, and uh, I can relate to that. Jesus knew his friends, disciples would forsake him. Forsaken by family. You know, there's some people that have, have endured that, I guess, uh, where family members have been disowned. That would have to be tough. Forsaken by your family. But I think the greatest fear is to be forsaken by God. Jesus knows what that feels like. And because he knows what that feels like, he says this, I will never leave you or forsake you. I want to conclude with Psalms 20, uh, 37 and verse 28. Psalms 37 and verse 28. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalms 37 and verse 28. For the Lord loves judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. So whenever you deal with these emotions that come along and you feel God has forsaken you, identify it as a false emotion that is contrary to God's written word and promise. It's contrary to the promise Jesus himself gave us. And that is, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you.